Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys, is it? Hey, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. We are the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Bigger than Oprah. And by the way, listening is optional. Uh, What I care about this week is one thing and one thing only, and that is Masters Week. It is my favorite week on the sports calendar. Uh, I am super excited for it. Now, I realize we just had a Masters back in November, but a Masters in November doesn't really feel like a Masters. Masters in April means spring is here, summer is right around the corner, the majors have started. So it's super exciting, and we have possibly the greatest guest we can get uh, to preview the Masters, to talk about the Masters. That is our old buddy. Listen, here's what happened at ESPN. Two monumental figures left ESPN recently, okay? One was Tom Rinaldi, the other was myself. <laughs> I mean, how about that? Hey, maybe Levitard, that guy. I mean, Who? Levitard, yeah, exactly. Never heard of him. So we are going to have the great Tom Rinaldi on. I'm super excited, Mike. Just hearing his voice, okay, will make me cry. <laughs> he has that effect on me. He really has that effect on everyone, doesn't he? I mean, that guy has made me cry more often than I think anybody else in the like in the world. Yes. That guy, if he came on Saturday morning, I was like, all right, I'm going to cry. Yep. Yep. Just, just, just upon hearing his voice, he'll do that to you. Do you think he did it on purpose? Do you think he like woke up Saturday morning and goes, I'm going to make all these people cry today? I think, well, listen, the type of stories that he covers, um, they're emotional. Uh, they're, they're meant to tug at the heartstrings for the most part. Most of the stories, his voice is so fucking perfect okay so yeah i think tom rinaldi kind of gets off on the fact that he can make you cry yes i do i want is he right. trying to make you cry i don't know we'll ask him but i think he loves the fact that he can make you cry on a moment's whip you know uh before tom rinaldi comes on we're very excited now with fox sports obviously used to be with espn college game day covered all the golf great storyteller the best storyteller uh, we have in this business and a handsome devil, by the way, uh, Mikey, it is master's week. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited. I'm very distracted this week. Um, I will be distracted the entire week. We have many, many episodes we're recording. I am telling you, I will do those while I'm watching the masters on my television, probably not paying attention to you or the guests, but quick game of athletes that connote golf. How about that? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. What do you what got? Do you okay. What do you got? Donald driver. How about that? Lee Greenwood. <laughs> What'd you say? Lee Greenwood. Lee Lee Westwood. No, there's another guy. I'm oh. going to Google it. <laughs> I think you're Lee thinking. Westwood. I think, there's oh, a well, Greenwood. There. There's somebody named Greenwood. I think you're thinking of L.C. Greenwood, a former linebacker, yeah, perhaps, <laughs> for the Pittsburgh. You are out of it. Fucking Pfizer. Yes. L.C. Greenwood. What did I say, What's, Lee? What? Him, too. <laughs> yes, but why not just go green? I mean, like, you know, Tim Green. Chip Kelly. You know, Sidney Green. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly's exceptional. That... <laughs> Is exceptional, Chip Kelly. I've, in made fact, up I, have, for it. I made up for it. You did, uh, it, it, but keep it all in because I want to hear. I want people to hear how bad you are today. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, is there anyone uh, who's let a uh, club sand? Does, does sand. Bill Buckner sound enough like Bill Bunker? <laughs> That's <terrible>. Archie Bunker. <laughs> there you go. You're back. <laughs> Just keep talking, Mike. It's the one rule of radio. Just keep talking. Eventually, you'll stumble upon something great, okay? 
Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer there he is how you doing Stu? i am doing great tom how are you i'm good i'm good good uh tom listen you're sitting in a room it's exactly the way i imagined there is a map okay (laughs) over i think your left shoulder um you got like a Carolina blue thing working. It's it's exactly the way. Uh, it's exactly the type of home I imagine Tom Rinaldi to be living in. I mean, no, this that's so that's the kids' artwork, and it, this okay. is like all the artwork that they've done and stuff like that. There's a couple of little pictures from uh, d- days gone by at the old shop um, that are, um, but yeah, all good. You look great, you enjoy- Stu. You look great. Oh. I love the. De- are you a big deadhead? I love the dead, of course. Yeah. Are you okay. a deadhead? No, I mean I like the dead. I would never say I'm a deadhead. And I also okay. see that you have you you have a master's flag and whatnot. So I don't know if that's a full flag or if that's kind of a smaller what is that, Stu? It's a uh it's a memorabilia piece. It's actually uh it's so the master's flag and below it is a picture of Jack Nicholas and it's autographed. So it's uh and I believe wow. it's from the eighty six yeah, the eighty six masters. So Wow. Uh, I know, you like that? Just, is it autographed to you, Stu, or you, you bought it in a shop? Uh, no, I bought it in a shop. It is, I think I got it at an auction, actually. It's not autographed to me, uh, although I forged it uh, to make it look like it's autographed <laughs> to me, Tom. <laughs> From Jim Nicholas. <laughs> uh, Tom, I wonder why it's Master's Week. It's, it's my favorite, favorite week of the year, and so... Only the way Tom Rinaldi can. If you wouldn't mind describing to people what makes this week and that place so special. I am asked, as I'm sure you are, Stu, and this is one of the things that comes with uh, winning the lottery and being able to spend a professional life in, in sport. You're asked for tickets. You're asked for passes. You're asked by people to say, hey, can I just come along one time? Can you just give it a – this is the one experience in everything I've ever been able to cover that if I were able to get somebody a badge, this you could write down for sure. As soon as the badge got turned back in, as soon as it was over, can I do that again? (laughs) (laughs) that is one of the simplest ways to to describe the magic of it and one of the great wonderments of it is being able to take people there who've never gone and every single time having it deliver and exceed that person's expectation we're fortunate we're around people sometimes who have had wonderful experiences and have had success in their lives. And, and nonetheless, I've never seen anybody come away from Augusta National and a debut trip there anything other than blown away. Like, Tom, we were debating before you came on. Do you go out of your way to try to make us cry? <laughs> like, do you... <laughs> or, or do you enjoy... Let me put it this way. Do, do you enjoy this power that you have where you know you can make any of us cry in a moment's whim? <laughs> no, I, you know, it, it's funny, Stu. We've been, we've been on before together. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that there are more, there are more shades and, and more colors on the palette than that. But but I will say, and this is probably too serious an answer to the question, that it really isn't me, Stu. 
it's when you're when you tell stories right. in sport where people are already invested. That's the magic of it, right? I mean, to get way too serious for a second, we live in such a divisive, discordant time. And the one institution which by design is meant to divide more starkly than any institution, Stu wins, Tom loses. Mike's the champion, Tom is second place. It it divides by design. And yet the institution has found a way to unify, to call people together, to have people experience something communally, which we just don't seem to be able to do as often anymore. And in that sense, I think people are already invested and people, Stu, want to be moved. They want to be inspired. They want to feel. And if you're already invested, I don't know that it's that great a leap. I know it's nothing most of the time that I'm doing. It's the fact that I've had the opportunity to tell some of these stories across sport, which I mean, and I'll pick probably the, the event which resonated more emotionally than any event I ever covered. And it's this one, Stu, in 2019. Why, why did people react? I'll ask you and Mike. How did you react when Tiger won? I cried. Why? Tears of joy. Comeback story. Uh, something I've wanted to see for many, many years. Tiger coming back and winning a major, and he did it. Mike? I mean, just the the juxtaposition when he hugged his father and then when he hugged his son, it was, I mean, it was fathers and sons everywhere. You know, I was amazed at the outpouring. I'm not on any social media platforms at the texts I got from people who were so emotional. I think Mike touched on it perfectly. Perfect, yes. that, That generational circle of probably one of the most iconic hugs i i know i'm not going to overstate this like in the last century in our country is tiger walking off in 97 and fiercely hugging earl with everything he had and then to see him sweep up the kids with that joy now a lot of what tiger's been through not all of it a lot of it has happened through his doing Now, but he persisted, he continued, and he kept trying. And I I just, I was amazed at how much that resonated with people. And I don't know, Stu, like when you say, instantly you said, I cried. Mm -hmm. Did you think of the times of desperation and ignominy and shame and all those other moments of great darkness, injury in his personal life, etc. Is that what yeah. made it? Is that why you cried? Because yeah, of I that? thought, yeah, I thought about here's the guy at the height of not just his sport, but at the height of sports, and what a precipitous drop he took after everything that went down uh, with his wife and his family. And then the lasting images we have is Tiger at Mike. It was so well put by you. It's Tiger at the beginning, Tom. Every tournament he won, he was hugging his mom and his dad. And dad is no longer there. And for him to have that opportunity to play like that at that place in that tournament in front of his children who are now old enough to appreciate what it is that he was doing. Yeah, all of that moved me to tears. All of it. And that's why we love sports, right? I mean, (laughs) So when you ask to circle back to, you know, Tom, do you go out of your way? Do you try to make us cry? Sure. It's baked into the terrain. It's baked into the thing that we all love and why we're here and why we're fortunate enough winning the lotto to make a living out of it. People are invested and they care. And and the last thing I'll say quickly, Stu, is digitally, when you open your news feed these days, let's face it, you're not seeing a lot of stories of greatness and striving and accomplishment. You see a lot of stories, not wrongly, of strife, and difficulty of loss and pain. Greatness, whether you assign it any value, 
is chronicled in the sports column, in the sports page. And as a record of human achievement, I think that's pretty incredible. Mike, I don't know about you, but I've gotten goosebumps like 17 times 17, already. at least. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm near tears now. In fact, my, wa- my wife just screamed, is that Rinaldi on with you? And I said, why? She goes, can I just listen? And I said, yeah, come on in. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Tom, listen, the stories are great, and you're right, and it's the stories are the center of everything that you do, but your goddamn delivery is fucking perfect, Rinaldi. <laughs> you're too humble. <laughs> I mean, that voice and that delivery, Tom, is it's magical. And you know that. No, I I, I do think, Stu, that, you know, like when you sit opposite somebody and he's gone through some adversity, challenge, loss, or he's had some great moment of triumph. There's and it took me way too long to learn this, to get out of the way and to let the microphone and the camera lens soak that up and deliver that to the audience without inserting yourself and blocking it or becoming an obstacle or a barrier. And I, I probably still do that, but I try to be really mindful of that so that people ultimately can just feel connected. That's what they want, right? Well, that, why do people yes. stick around to see the post-game interview? They want to hear from the coach and the athlete. They've just invested in two and a half hours in an event. They want to hear. And I think you want to ask a simple question and get out of the way. Tom Rinaldi with us. Fox Sports will not be at the Masters. Very disappointing this year uh, for everyone, everyone involved. I want to play a weird game with you, okay? A very weird game. Uh, Then I want to do some fill in the blank, and we'll get you out of here. We'll be quick with you. But a weird game for $10 million, okay, Tom? (laughs) This is such an odd game, but I have to ask it. It's you, it's Scott Van Pelt, and, of course, it's Jim Nance, Okay. $10 $10 million goes to the person with the coolest story involving Augusta. Tom Rinaldi is pulling out what story? Hmm. So, I had a chance to play Augusta National uh, a few times. Oh, God. But the last time I played, I was invited by a member. He had invited me and two others. We had the date. We were going to come in, stay at the cabin overnight. We were going to play the afternoon before, have dinner, get up the next morning, play again, and leave. Uh, The member is just a a wonderful, wonderful guy. And a week before, Stu, the member calls me and says, one of the other members of the foursome can't make it. You can bring anyone you want. Wow. So I call my brother. Right. Uh, and he he could not get out of a work obligation. My brother works for the Federal Reserve and he had this he had to go to Washington and he and he could not get out of it. He should have so, quit, Tom. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> so the person I called, Stu, is a great friend of mine, Kevin who I've known for more than 25 years at that point, without getting into all the details, he'd, he'd suffered a terrible, terrible loss. He'd, he'd lost an infant child. Oof. And he loves golf. He loves the Masters. And I called the member. And I said to the member, this is the person that I'm that I'm, I'd like to invite, but I want you to know why. Because he's been through the most difficult thing any person can go through. And he's found a way to continue to keep his family together, to be a great father to his other children, to be a great husband. He's shown so much heart in, through so much pain. And we're playing. And there's a moment, Stu, where Kevin is out walking in front of myself and the member Mm -hmm. on 11. And he's just sort of strolling and looking around. He's distanced from the caddy. He's just walking down 11 fairway by himself. 
and the member who I guarantee has taken dozens and dozens and dozens of people in to the gates, down Magnolia Lane, to stay in a cabin, to share this magical place and experience, you would think he had never done it before. And he stopped me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he gestured toward my friend out 50, 60 yards in front of us. And he said quietly, that's Augusta. (laughs) And I choked up like I can't even tell you about what that meant to me. That the member who's such a wonderful, wonderful guy had the generosity of heart and spirit, had the perspective, Stu. He's been a member there for a long time. Again, he shared this experience with so many people. But the fact that he gave me this additional opportunity, this was the person I chose. And it meant that much to him. Not to me, to him. That he would stop me and say, look at that. Look at what he's feeling. Look at how he's appreciating it. Look at whatever he's thinking through, remembering, feeling. That's Augusta. That's why you come here. And to me, to the day I die, I will never, ever forget that moment with that member and my friend out in front of us. And the member, I'm certain, Tom, is saying, hey, just leave him alone. Let him enjoy the moment. Let him take it all in, right? That's what he was doing, just peace. He just said, I want you to just hang back for a minute. Jeez, amazing. Just look at him. Look at him. What he's what he's experiencing right now, that's the gift of this place. Right? And you know, did my friend play particularly well? No. Did it matter to the member? Zero. Wow. The, o- the only thing that mattered to that member was that this man had gone through terrible loss and this day this drive down magnolia lane staying in the cabin having dinner getting up the next morning all of it he knew we are going to give this man a gift of a day he deserves it i don't even know him he's a friend of yours you're a friend of mine and this place is in some small way for this period of time, Stu, going to let him heal, going to let his heart heal. And I'll tell you, my friend talks to me about that 30 hours right? multiple times a year, (laughs) multiple times a year. Love it. That's I have a story. Uh, That's my story about Augusta. You won the $10 million R- the second you opened your mouth. Right. right. The, the second the second you opened your mouth, you won the $10 million. Okay. Uh, but there's a couple of things. There's a Mikey A. I want, I want Rinaldi's brother on. Okay. Get him on this podcast. I want to talk. You, you, when Augusta, <laughs> when Augusta falls into your lap, you just, you go to Augusta. Okay. When it falls into your lap. Uh, and I'm imagining if your friend Kevin, and I think it's such a great story you just told up, but if he said no, was I going to be the next call? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're on the list, on the list. <laughs> way the down the list way down the list <laughs> feel free to introduce me to that member whatever you feel like <laughs> what a uh what a great story does your brother regret um saying no to you has your brother had a chance to play since or no 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 and and my oh, brother man. doesn't re- no he doesn't regret it at all because because kevin brother, got it right yep and because my brother knows kevin well loves him too so not at all Oh, that is such a fantastic, great story. $10 million to you, sir. Oh, my gosh. Folks, gather around. Everyone, gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, some some quick fill in the blank. We'll get you out of here, Tom Rinaldi, with us. Guy you would most like to see win at Augusta this weekend is blank. Rory McIlroy. Why? I I I think anyone, and I've told this story a bunch of times, Stu. But for anyone, when you think to yourself, and I know you're going to have endless quips, and Mike will too, because that's what you guys traffic in, and you're naturally witty. But if I asked you. Seriously, at 21 years old, if you could take yourself back to when you were 21, whatever it was, whatever your greatest aspiration was, whatever was immediately at stake in trying to reach that aspiration in the spring when you were 21 years old, if you allow yourself to go back there and think whatever it was, get the girl to go out with you, get the interview for the job, get the next job, get the raise, come through for my parents, whatever it is, that thing that was at stake for you. Now imagine that that thing is visible to the world, everyone in the world. That's Rory McIlroy at 21 years old, leading, going into Sunday and hitting that tee shot on 10 and having it all fall apart and having to walk off 18, go behind the clubhouse, and face this monolith of cameras and reporters to ask questions like, what does it feel like to let down yourself, your country, your own hope? And remember then, all the narrative that started, he'll never come through. The scar tissue will be too great. And what does he do? He wins the very next major that he's in, U.S. Open at Congressional, in record-setting fashion. One of the absolute greatest people in all of sport. I mean, awesome. He's been on this podcast, Tom. I know he's been, he and he was fantastic and genuine, nice, courteous, all of it. You're right; he's fantastic. He's a and I'll tell you guy. what else he is. Too. I'm so glad you had him on. I'll tell you what else he is. He's the most honest one yes. name brand in all of sport. He, he, he's amazingly yep. candid. Oh, I love him. Right. So I'd love to see him get the career grand slam. I know I went on and on in the film of blank, but no, Rory would perfect. be my pick. No, it was perfect. Uh, best golfer to not win a major is blank. Tough one. Ricky, maybe? How do you not say Lee Westwood? Oh, At yeah. this point, he's had the great yes. resurgence here. Yeah. Man, and he's contended here, you know, at Augusta, played very well here. And maybe it might be Lee. Yeah, and he's playing well. Most embarrassing on-air moment, if you've ever had one, Tom Rinaldi, is blank. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, have you have you had one, Tom? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I mean, listen, I, every for three hours a day, it's embarrassing moments for me. So I'm, I'm numb to it. I'm used to it. No, I've had, I mean, I've had many, absolutely, I've had many. Um, but I could tell you an embarrassing moment that I had off air, Stu, or many years ago. Sure. With Jerry Sloan. What? With, with the jazz. Yes. We used to say Jerry Sloan looks like he uh, he doesn't. Jerry Sloan looks like a guy who goes into the shower and uses soap as shampoo. Like a bar of soap. <laughs> so, and you got, agree from your reaction. It okay. was during a playoff game. Yes. And he got teed up and Thurl Bailey who was playing on yes. the jazz at that time had, yeah. had said uh, in, in the locker room, he thought that Sloan did it by design because the team needed a spark, you know, et cetera. 
And I want to say it was the lockout season or something like that. And Sloan was always brutal toward me. Uh, you know, had no idea who the, who the hell I was, nor should he. <laughs> and so I said to him, I talked to Thurl Bailey, and he said he thought you might have gotten a technical by design to give the team a spark. What's your reaction to that? And he said to me, you, you, you haven't watched us play very much this year, have you? You haven't watched me coach very much, have you? Like, you, you, you didn't watch all 82 games this year, like, did you? And I said to him, well, there were only 50 this year, coach, so no, I didn't. Because it was a lockout season. You have some balls, Ronaldo. Oh Titanium, rough moment. I, I, that that was me. I just should have eaten it, but I didn't, and that was a bad moment. <laughs> yeah, but produced a good story for us. So thank you. <laughs> uh, lowest score. Well, how many times have you played Augusta, Tom? How many times now? Uh, three. Okay, so lowest score you ever shot at Augusta is blank. Is ninety-one. Wow. Highest score? It's not that much higher. It's 95. Okay. Um, were you happy with the 91? You had oh, to be, right? Of course. Listen, yes. I parred 12, and I was ready to walk off right there. <laughs> had to keep me from leaving. <laughs> um, irrational fear. Tom Rinaldi's irrational fear is blank. Like, I'm afraid of frogs, Tom. <laughs> Jerry Sloan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's irrational, Stu. It's just that right. at any point, any day or night, I'm going to get the knock on the door where there's going to be somebody in a very official-looking posture who's just going to look at me and say, you're a fraud. You don't <laughs> know much about sports. You really don't. Who has given you this job? Who's given you the right to begin on national TV or the national airwaves. That's probably my number one. There may be rational underpinning to it for sure. Your fears are my normal. <laughs> Your fear is, is his Twitter timeline. <laughs> I do wonder, Tom, why are you not? Because the amount of love you would get on social media, like through the roof, why are you not on social media? Uh, Way back when, okay. <laughs> uh, there, if, if you remember this, Stuart, I always this, feel like I got to brace. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I always feel like I got to brace myself because something emotional is coming. But anyway, go ahead. so so yes. there, Andy Murray played Roger Federer in the Wimbledon final, and in I want to say it's 2012. I, I could be wrong, and it was the first year, Stu, that the roof closed there was an unforeseen quick shower and the roof had to close during the men's final. And when that happened, you know, here, this is obviously the biggest tennis match that, you know, that we broadcast in uh, 2012. Thanks Mike, that, that we broadcast and we suddenly have 20 minutes of unplanned after the first set unplanned sort of quote unquote dead space. <laughs> So we had an executive on site, Stu, who made a really bold decision to air a 10-minute feature during the 20-minute roof closing and acclimatizing of center court, a super heavy feature that we had done. And uh, most people still don't know this about Andy Murray, which is incredible. And again, it's very heavy and very tragic. Andy Murray grew up in a town in Scotland called Dunblane. And Dunblane is famous for a school shooting, something which never happens in the UK. A deranged former scout leader came into an elementary school and shot up a gym filled with kindergartners and killed a, uh, more than a dozen of them and their teacher. Murray and his brother Jamie is a great uh, doubles player, were in the school at the time. They hid under their desks during the shooting. Murray never talks about it, ever. But we went to Dunblane, Stu, to do a story about whether the town that had had the worst thing that could ever happen cared about whether one of their former sons might win Wimbledon. 
and we found the town was unbelievably supportive of Murray and his family. Desperately wanted him to win. Partially because the town wanted to be known as something more than the place where this terrible thing had happened. Never to forget it, but to have another thing be part of its identity. A great thing. So we aired the story. Not on social media. And somebody that we work with at ESPN, I don't know what on earth compelled him to do it. He forwarded a tweet to me. A brutal tweet about ESPN's decision to air the story. I, in, in, in defense of our former colleagues, Stu, I don't think he understood the context right. of what he just forwarded it to me. With me attached, like, why on earth would they show this? Last thing I want to see on a Sunday morning is Tom Rinaldi talking about dead children. F him, you know, like that. Wow. And right then and there, I knew. I'm never, because I'm too thin-skinned. I see it as right. too much of a time suck, whatever it is. But I never, ever wavered. I was never going to, I just didn't want to try. And I know that there's great value to it, especially in what we do. I know there's, a, I know it's a way to connect with people. I know that social media can do a lot of good, but that first sting when I wasn't even trafficking in it was so beyond the pale harsh. I just said, I'm never going to traffic in that. And I never have. I didn't mean I used, that's way too heavy an answer. No, so no, sorry, no, but no, just, but it's a great it answer, Tom. Me. It really yeah. bothered me. No, it's the comment section of a newspaper. That's what that's what Twitter has become. And if if you have thin skin, then, yeah, it's probably wise to, to stay away because people you, will try to get what, under your skin. You know what it is to me, Stu? And I'm not the person who came up with this, but I, I thought this was so accurate. You know, when you go in the supermarket, we're old enough to remember this, right? If somebody puts up something on the community board, guitar lessons, and then they have the sure. little... The, the sort of tabs mm -hmm. on the bottom and you, you tear yeah. off the phone number and right. The difference between that community board and some forms of social media is you not only do you not tear off the tab because you want the guitar lesson. No, you do tear the tab off and then you call the person and you say, I would never want to take lessons from you. You suck. <laughs> that to me is yeah. the worst of social media, which I just don't get. <laughs> right. Um, listen, I bypass all the negative stuff and only uh, I just search out the positive stuff and I retweet those. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> how I navigate through it. Okay. I mean, it makes life easier. Yeah. The song Tom Rinaldi sings out, out loud in his car every time is blank. Bad by you too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I I almost want to hear you sing it right now. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> the, the coolest foursome Tom Rinaldi has ever found himself in is blank. It might be with Kevin at Augusta, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. That would be number one. But but I okay. would say myself, Nick Saban. All right. Lee, <laughs> Lee Fitting. Wow. <laughs> Um, that's gotta Sabin. be, I mean, that, that, that's gotta be up there. That's Sabin, gotta be up fitting there. and Rinaldi. Is Sabin any good at golf? Yes, he is. Wow. Okay. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, did this go down at Augusta or? No, it did not. Nope. Okay. Nope. Right. Saban's backyard. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was in Florida. It was in Florida. Okay. Yeah. Um, the perfect final round pairing, and I think Rory would be one of them, but the perfect final round pairing for Tom Rinaldi this Sunday would be blank. Fine, last. The, fi the, fi the last pairing of the, the final round. The last pairing yes. on Sunday. Yes. Would be Rory. Yeah, I guess you got to say it, right? It would be Rory and Bryson. Yeah, that'd be that would yeah. be. I was gonna say Rory and Phil. I think that would be fun. Oh, um, that would be strong. Yes, that, that would, would be strong. Be strong. That but would Bryson be. and Rory, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts quickly here on 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 Bryson? Good oh, for the let game, me also right? say, yeah. Kepka 
and Kepka. Bryson would be a very strong final pairing too. Yep. Uh, Bryson's good for the game, right? I yes. mean, I know there's a bunch of saw antics with and all that, but yes, Stu, thank you. without yes. question, great for the game. Yep. Uh, all right, last thing we get you out of here. Herb Street, Corso, Reese, or the Bear? A little game, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Since you work with all of them, okay? Yeah. Uh, and if you're uncomfortable with any of the questions, just let me know, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The guy least likely to pick up the tab at dinner, Herb Street, Corso, Reese, or the Bear? Okay, so it's a, unfortunately, the question is just fails on its face because Herb Street picks up every check every time. No one has a shot. No, but does he, anyone else try? Does anyone yes, else even try? Absolutely. Okay. Or you're never going to win. He, he picks okay. up the check every time. I like that about her. Awesome. But but who's like who's the guy in that foursome who's giving the appearance that he's trying to pay, but really doesn't want to pay? Yeah, who's the, the rat, all of us equally. All of us. All of us. I would say Felica. It depends. Like it, it all depends on how he did that day. I yeah. would say all of um, us. All of us. Like Herb Street always pays. All right. Worst restaurant recommendations when you're on the road. Uh, on the road. Herb Street, Corso, Reese, the Bear. Oh, well, there's no question that he, he never makes any recommendation because he doesn't ever goes out. But that would be Corso. What, 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 Corso, what Corso does, Stu, is he, he, ta- he gets a little collection together from the snack table and he, and he gathers it all. And then he takes a roadkill grill plate so that he can reheat that up and then he sets it all out in front of the TV on, on, on the chest of drawers there in his room. Yeah, and, he, and he's in his PJs at 5.30 P, ready to go. <laughs> what I love most about that show, when you were on it, Tom, and I'm, cer- I'm certain it will continue moving forward here, is how much you guys genuinely care for that man. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it comes across, it's like it comes across right into my living room. It, cr- it comes across the television. The way you guys kind of coddle him and look after him and make sure he's okay, especially Herb Street. It is one of the most magical things about that show, and it's what makes that show great, in my opinion. I, I think you're so perceptive to say that, Stu. I was asked what college game day was, and to me, I gave a very easy answer. It's Herbie's hand on Corso's yes. forearm. When, yes. when, when, if there's ever, because that's the thing we all desperately hope our family might be. That we're going to look look out for each other, love one another, and Herbie's ability to simultaneously acknowledge, support, laugh at, love Lee through everything is, I think, and Herb Street to me is the greatest analyst in, in football, but yep. I just, it is the thing which is his signature, his caring, and his caring for me, it's awesome. T- Tom, were you as shocked as I was that I uh, that I was on that show? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, Steve. Let's be clear, though. The only reason I was on there is because J Lo canceled last second. Okay, so I had some. I had some ang- listen, but I had some. Ca- I had a camera crew in my house, Tom. I'll tell you a quick funny story. They woke up that morning expecting to go to J Lo's, and they ended up at Stagatzis. Okay, <laughs> they were not happy. A uh, guy most likely to suggest an after-dinner cocktail: Reese, Herb Street, Corso, or the Bear. Because everyone wants to go home. There's always that guy. Hey, one more. Come on. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to tell you. You're going to have to go off the reservation there. It's Fowler. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, Fowler. All right. Fowler. Oh, very shocking. All right. But he's yoked. Like, he's crazy. Oh, God, I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is He is in good shape. Uh, most likely to attend a heavy metal concert. Her- Fowler. <laughs> <laughs> and, and last one. Guy who received the most love on the road. It has to be Lee Corso, right? It you ready? It might be the bear. Oh wow! Really? The and ba- you whispered that, yes. like you leaned in, like you had the secret. Right? right. Because Lee is Lee is. Listen, he's the Godfather. He's on the Mount Rushmore. We get 
it. But with that, Stu, sometimes comes a little bit of, you know, that, that there's a reverence. There's a, not a reverence for Bear. There's a direct right. affection, fascination, <laughs> connection with Bear. Bear <laughs> is a huge figure on the show. Huge. He really is. I love him. He's a good friend. He is such a good guy. <laughs> such a genuine great you gotta guy. You got to give the people I love... what they want, Stu. They want Bear. You have to, right? Yeah, they want the Bear. Well, they, they love him when he wins. I mean, if he loses, that's a lot, <laughs> right? Uh, but that's the life he chose. I tell him that all the time. That's the life you chose for yourself. Uh, I love that you're a Grateful Dead fan. Is there a song that you like? I want to tell you that I have been to three concerts, Dead and Company. Uh, Jerry obviously passed away many, many years ago, and John Mayer has replaced him. And uh, I've been to three concerts. Now, he doesn't know it, but I am telling you, I've been to three concerts with Bill Walton. Bill Walton has no idea he's been to three concerts with me. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No, I, a, I mean, we high-fived each other during Ramble on Rose, okay. and he doesn't remember it. <laughs> uh, but do you have a favorite dead song? Yeah, I'd probably say Morning Dew. Wow, Tom, you really Tom, if you're going Morning Dew, you really like the Grateful Dead. No, I do. I, lo- I love. I do. I love that song. Okay. Um, there's a bunch right. of them. I love Cold Rain and Snow. I mean, there's yes. a, a bunch of and and I. How do you not love uh, Eyes of the World? Love oh, that song the too. Best estimated eyes. Uh, I go to Mexico every year. I'll be going again this January. Mike, make sure you have that on the calendar. I will not be here doing the show. Yeah, then. great. Do it live right, on let- the show. Let's get uh, Tom. You're invited, okay? okay. If, you, if you want to hang out on the beach with me and George R. R. Martin, who's there every year, we're hanging out. Uh, you're invited. You're welcome to come to a dead show. Okay. With me in the in Mexico. Uh, did Mike send you a promo? <laughs> did Mike send you a promo? Yes, he did. I am hesitant. You've been so gracious with your time. The storytelling, even by your standards, has been through the roof. Um, I've cried seven times during <laughs> this interview. Um, so I am wondering: Are you are you prepared? Are you willing to do this for us? Yeah. Here yeah. we go. You ready? Listen, I, Tom, I love you, man. <laughs> Seriously. Here you go. <laughs> People you go. don't know the fun side of Tom Rinaldi. And listen, I am super psyched. Home and home, okay? You, you come it. to a dead show with me, I go to Augusta with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's right, go. Here we go on the floor. Shh. It's a podcast sacred. A simple hour of audio transmitted to our devices to be consumed at our leisure holds no real value. We assign its value. We subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. Listening is optional. The value comes in a podcast's host. That fabled connection between said host and given listener. For a select view, that connection comes with a man who has ridden the coattails of a better man, a fatter man, a more virile man. Jester, buffoon, fiend. Stu Gatz is, of course, all of these things, yet none of them. Once a week, We welcome him into our lives without any accounting or explaining why. We allow the sweet poison of his voice to fill our car stereos, our smart speakers, or our headphones and take us to a world where accountability is suspended. His opinions, timeless. His takes, boundless. Nowhere else are we beholden to a man whose logo is the transcendent majesty of a man on a toilet looking at his phone. Anticipation mounts each night that we may wake up the next morning to a new podcast awaiting us like a long lost friend who's come to borrow money. Stupidity, wherever you get your podcasts, if you dare. Oh, my God. I'm crying we, for a different reason. <laughs> we have never sounded so good. I mean, holy shit. Tom, I love you. I really do. I love and respect you. Uh, good luck with everything at Fox. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Oh, okay. And and the, the last thing I'll, I'll say to both you guys, um, and I really mean this, is I 
there's two really, really undervalued qualities, which you guys so effortlessly present. One is the ability to laugh at yourself, which is so, so important. And number two is joy. You guys are joyful. And man, if, if you're not, if you're successful and getting paid to do things you love to do, and somehow you find ways not to be joyful, I, I, I never, I don't get that. And when I listen to you guys, and obviously the, the whole dynamic of the show, and now, of course, where it's migrated to, et cetera, I just think, just know this, and I mean it, that's, those are object lessons for me, to laugh at myself, to be reminded of that, and to put joy near the top and and you guys give me that tom thank you i'm gonna play that for dan tomorrow he's gonna to be a blubbering mess so i'm not even no, I mean joking it. but I mean it's it. so thank you for that tom it's okay a guys enjoy mike 45 minutes 45 fucking minutes i have had goosebumps <laughs> on my entire body the hair is standing on my arms i mean he is the greatest storyteller in the history of storytelling it's the pauses mike it is the pauses it was amazing it was absolutely amazing i don't even know what to do with the rest of my day like i have no idea how do you follow that what do you i should just go to bed and hopefully wake up tomorrow like what are you gonna do now i don't know what to do with myself I'm going to go fucking edit this thing. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, that's what you do when we're done? <laughs> yeah, I go to work. <laughs> All right, you do that. I'm going to have a cigarette. Stupidity! Stu Gouch here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.